When you become a widow, the heartache can be overwhelming. You feel lost, you feel broken, you feel alone, and sometimes you feel like the pain will never go away. I believe that every widow has the capacity to endure, the power to overcome, and the determination to create a new life filled with meaning and purpose. That's why I wanted to create a show called Widow 180. People tell me they come here for the positivity. They listen to Widow 180, the podcast, to be inspired. They come to Widow 180 to be reminded that they have options, that the pain of loss is not a life sentence. Widow 180 is about turning tragedy, loss, and fear into strength, creativity, and a new passion for life. My mission each week is to arm you with these powerful stories of transformation and knowledge so that you can navigate life after loss. I'm Jen Zwink. I'm so glad you're listening. Let's get to the episode. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that the doors are officially opened to the Rediscovery Through Writing Creative Grief Writing Program for Widows. When I put my programs together, I always go back to thinking about what I did, what I needed, and what worked for me to get through the grief process. And aside from my awesome widow girls that I always talk about that I could turn to for questions and advice, I really leaned into writing. I poured my heart, my pain, my fears, my hurt, my thoughts onto paper in order to process what was happening to me. And through that process of getting the grief out of me, I was able to learn so much more about myself. Through writing, I was able to find myself, to find my voice again, and being creative through writing and journaling really helped me find my place in the world again. And I know a lot of you are feeling that pent-up energy, that buildup of grief inside you, and you don't know what to do with it. You don't know where to put it. And in my new program, Rediscovery Through Writing, we're going to be doing four weeks of self-discovery through creative writing creative journaling, creative self-expression through writing and poetry. This is four weeks of live Zoom calls with me and other widows who are walking the same path and trying to figure out who they are again. Part of this program focuses on resilient grieving and facing our grief head on. The other part of the program is all about self-reflection, re-identifying who you are, finding yourself again so that by the end of the program, you've opened yourself up to becoming this new, authentic, aligned, best version of yourself. Who is this new person? Who are you supposed to be? Let's find her. And we can do that together in this safe space with other widows where there's no judgment. I would love to help you through this process. I would love to help you reconnect with your true self and find who you are and do that through creativity. I have done the work. I am still doing the work. And now I want to share the work with you all. I hope you can join us. The program will be starting on October 3rd, 2022. We will be meeting four Mondays in October at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Monday starting October 3rd. Doors are open now. Go ahead and sign up and get more information. You can go to www.widow180.com forward slash rediscovery. That's www.widow180.com forward slash rediscovery. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Widow 180, the podcast. Today, we're going to start with a true or false quiz. How self-compassionate are you? True or false? 
So here we go. We're going to start with number one. I'm disapproving and judgmental of my feelings. True or false? Number two. I try to be loving towards myself when I'm feeling emotional pain. True or false? Number three. When I'm having a hard time, I give myself the caring and tenderness I need. True or false? Number four. When I feel low, I think that everyone else is probably happier than I am. Number five. I'm kind to myself when I'm experiencing suffering. And number six. I try to be understanding and patient towards myself during tough times. True or false? Okay, how did you do on the quiz? Are you being nice to yourself? Are you treating yourself the same way that you would treat your best friend if she were in your situation? Be honest now. I can tell when you're fibbing. I can see it on your face. Why do we do this to ourselves? I know I've talked about self-compassion on the podcast before, It definitely comes up a lot. I hear this all the time in my programs and in our membership community that widows are being so hard on themselves for so many different reasons. We think we're stupid for reacting a certain way to something. Um, We shame ourselves for feeling a certain way, or we get angry at ourselves for showing too much emotion. We get frustrated with ourselves for not knowing what to do. We get aggravated with ourselves for not grieving faster. We do all of these things to ourselves and we get so down on ourselves. We berate ourselves for not being able to do the work of two people in the house or as parents. You know, we think we should be able to be both mom and dad for the kids. These are some of the common ones. I know there's a lot more. I mean, I could go on and on. We put so much pressure on ourselves to have all of the answers immediately and know exactly what to do to make everything better and to make ourselves feel better and to make our kids feel better, you lose your spouse and you're suddenly thrown into this completely different life. And that reality of being on your own was not something you could imagine until it actually happened. And then here you are, a widow, a solo parent, a homeowner, sometimes working a full-time job, And it's a brutal awakening of how far you're being stretched, stretched to maximum capacity in over your head. So you find yourself stretched so thin, just treading water and trying to navigate and manage all of the change that's happening in your world and navigate these unfamiliar feelings and emotions that are running through your body and your brain. It's a rocky place to be in and it's a lonely place to be. It's a very unsettled place that you're in, that place of transition and unwanted change. And for some reason, we still put that pressure on ourselves and think we should have all the answers and know exactly what to do about everything. How is that even possible? We have so many questions coming at us every single day, the choices that we face every single day about the house. Should I move? Should I move soon? Should I downsize? Should I sell the car? About the kids? Am I saying the right thing to them? How do I know they're going to be okay through all of this? About your career? Should I quit? Can I quit? Can I even afford that? 
about your grief? Why can't I stop crying? How can I make this stop hurting so bad? And will I ever feel happy again? And when we don't have the answers right away, we become so frustrated with ourselves. We think we're stupid for not knowing what to do in a situation we've never been in before. The negative self-talk starts and we say things like, I can't do this. I can't make these decisions on my own. I can't do this without him. We give ourselves such a hard time and we become so critical of ourselves. We judge ourselves for not doing it right. We judge ourselves for not being a widow the right way, as if there is a right way and we're supposed to know what to do. We judge ourselves for not being like other widows we see on Facebook who seem to be doing so much better than we are. We say, why can't I just do do it like that? Why aren't I feeling better by now? What's wrong with me? Here's the thing about being a widow. There's no perfect or right way to be one. You may think you're doing it all wrong and then you start to feel isolated and confused and alone and falling deeper into sadness and we don't know what to do about it. We're so hard on ourselves. But we don't give ourselves the time or the space we need to process the loss and to understand what it means to grieve and mourn the loss of someone. This is a new experience. So you're not going to know your response until you're living it. I want to read this quote from Kristen Neff, who has written several books about self-compassion. One of her books is called Fierce Self-Compassion, How Women Can Harness Kindness to Speak Up, Claim Their Power, and Thrive. She's an expert on the subject. I am definitely a fan. Again, her name is Kristen Neff, N-E-F-F. She also has some videos on YouTube, so you can go and check her out there. Kristen says, whenever something goes wrong in my life, I silently repeat the following phrases. This is a moment of suffering. Suffering is a part of life. May I be kind to myself in this moment. May I give myself the compassion I need. So how do we give ourselves the compassion that we need? How can we be kinder to ourselves? What can we do? We live with that critical voice in our head running constantly, telling us we're not doing things right. But we can, with awareness, soften that harsh voice inside that's yelling at us how incapable we are. With practice, we can comfort and reassure ourselves to work through our life challenges with a healthier response, like kindness and compassion and understanding. Kristen Neff talks about the three components to self-compassion. The first one is mindfulness. Of course, mindfulness is so helpful because when we're mindful, it helps us acknowledge what we're doing in the moment. Mindfulness helps us acknowledge we are actually suffering due to the loss without any judgment. We are not broken because we are suffering. Mindfulness helps us to sit with those feelings, to sit with the hurt, to sit with the sorrow. Instead of denying those feelings and pushing them deep down inside, mindfulness lets us acknowledge what is real and true and happening in the very moment we're in. It's saying, yes, anxiety, I see you. I feel you. I know you're right here with me. 
I'm not going to try to fix you. Let's just sit together and feel this out. We can sit in those feelings and not judge them for being wrong. The second thing that Kristen talks about is common humanity. Common humanity reminds us that we are not only human, but also that the people around us are like us and that they suffer too. Everybody is fighting their own demons. The pain that we feel is, unfortunately, also a bond between us and the rest of humanity because everyone is going through their own crap, right? Whatever that might be for them, no one really goes through life unscathed. Eventually, death and grief and these other parts of life catch up to everyone. I know that sounds really morbid. I know it sounds depressing. It does. But I know I felt this way, that because I had been through my own loss and my own experience with loss, it made me a more compassionate person. It opened my eyes to the rest of the world. It changed my perspective. The person that just cut me off in traffic, I might be a little pissed, but maybe their child just got injured at school and they have got to get there right away to be with them. I get that. So they're speeding. Or maybe the grumpy person in the checkout counter has also lost someone. Maybe they lost a spouse too, and they don't want to be back at work again, but they were only given three bereavement days by their company, so they had to go back to work. Don't get me started on that conversation. That's a whole other podcast and protest. I digress. We'll get back to it. The point is that they too, as human beings, have suffered or are suffering, and we are all connected by this. This realization makes us think, hey, you know what? I'm not really alone in feeling this way. And finally, Kristen talks about the third component that's self-kindness. And this is where we actively express care to ourselves. We make self-care a priority. We set that intention to treat ourselves in a caring manner, allowing ourselves some grace for what we're going through and how we're going through it. We treat ourselves the way we would treat our best friend. So putting these three components together, let's give an example of a way to express self-compassion the next time we're feeling stressed. And this is a short practice you can do. When you're starting to feel anxious or stress about the loss of your spouse, stop, slow down a minute, put your hand on your heart, Stop and be in that moment and notice how you feel. This is the mindfulness piece in action. Be in it and feel it and even say it. This is sadness. This is stress. This is suffering. The second thing to do is remind yourself that you are not alone, that you are connected to all humanity and what you're going through is a part of the human experience. Rather than feeling alone, isolated, not normal, broken, just know that you are not alone. Say the words out loud, I am not alone. And the last part to acknowledge is the self-kindness piece. Say to yourself, may I give myself some grace to figure out my way through this? Or may I be patient with myself? while I'm figuring this widow thing out. This takes some practice, but it's a good practice to try when you're feeling stressed out. 
I hope you find this helpful. I hope that you will go easy on yourself and stop beating yourself up. You'll figure this out, this new life that you're in. You'll find your footing again. You'll start to get your confidence back. Just go easy on yourself right now, okay? Promise? Okay. I want to leave you with another quote from Kristen Neff. And remember, all of these references in this episode are from Kristen Neff, and you can find out more about her at selfcompassion.org. I'll put that link in the show notes. So here's the quote. Here's what Kristen says. Painful feelings are, by their very nature, temporary. They will weaken over time as long as we don't prolong or amplify them through resistance or avoidance. The only way to eventually free ourselves from debilitating pain, therefore, is to be with it as it is. The only way out is through. That's Kristen Neff. Don't forget that the doors are open now for the Rediscovery Through Writing program that I'm starting October 3rd. This is the perfect time to put into practice some of the things that we talked about in today's episode, like taking care of yourself, investing in yourself, pausing the chaos in your life to just focus on you just for a moment, and give yourself that time and the space to process what's happened and to help explore who you are becoming through this creative writing process. There's something about pouring it all out on paper, scribbling out the sorrow, getting the grief out that is so therapeutic and healing. Creativity is an amazing, powerful thing, really. Creativity can carry us to a whole other level of understanding of ourselves and our emotions, and I'm so excited to help you and guide you using some of these tools that helped me when I was healing. The four-week program starts October 3rd. We'll be meeting live once a week for coaching and writing sessions and helping you rediscover who you are and helping you move the grief out, move that energy out. And I can't wait to get started. You can get more information and sign up at www.widow180.com forward slash rediscovery. That's www.widow180.com forward slash rediscovery. I'm going to put that link in the show notes. Okay, guys, that's it for me. Until next week, believe in the possibilities. Thank you so much for listening to Widow 180, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you're seeking daily inspiration and guidance, you can follow me on Facebook at Widow 180, the community, on YouTube at Widow 180, the channel, and on Instagram at Widow 180. If you're interested in more grief and widowhood resources, including our latest freebie, How to Get Your Life Back Together After Loss, a 10-step checklist, head over to www.widow180.com forward slash freebie. That's www.widow180.com forward slash freebie.